and welcome to the Hack Your Mindset podcast with me, Jenny Winterleach, the Mindset Hacker. So wherever you are today and whatever it is you're doing while you're listening to this, settle in and enjoy the ride. So good morning everyone and welcome and I'm absolutely thrilled today to have the lovely Amy Morris with me. Hi Amy. Hello. <laughs> and um, Amy is here today to talk about a topic that we don't really hear about very often. Um, Amy's obviously an avid horse rider herself, and but she has a condition called cystic fibrosis. So we're going to talk today about managing horses and lifestyle and things when you've also got um, something that your body is kind of fighting you with, really, isn't it? It's a better <laughs> way of putting it. Um, so Amy, tell us a little bit about you <clears throat> and what, what it is that, that brings you here to chat with us today. So my story is kind of, I was um, born with cystic fibrosis, although I didn't know about it until I think four, I was four weeks old. Um, I wasn't putting on any weight. I was really, as my mum said, I tasted very salty, <clears throat> which is sort of the one kind of um, symptom of having CF, you're very salty. Um, so I was whisked up to the hospital and um, they did quite a few tests on me and they were like, oh, well, she's got cystic fibrosis. Uh, there's a few tests you can have. There's a, I think the new one is a heel prick test, which I don't know quite a lot about that. But I had the sweat test where you're kind of wrapped like a burrito in foil um, and you obviously sweat like as soon as, you know, something touches you. And then I think they test your sweat. And I think obviously the blood test as well and it came back I had cystic fibrosis so that was a sort of like oh my god what happens now kind of thing um so from there we kind of had to um kind of think about like the diet I have to be on I can't digest food at all uh, my pancreas is pretty much non-existent it, it's there but it doesn't work as well so for that I have to take uh, creon which is basically little capsules filled with enzymes that I swallow and they break down all the food because obviously I can't, which will help me to sort of take in all the calories, all the energy and put, allow me to put weight on. Um, and then I have to obviously do a ton of physio because uh, cystic fibrosis, the lungs are, your lungs are full. Well, they produce lots of thick mucus and it's continuous it's not kind of you get it you clear it and that's it it's an everyday everyday situation and you have to do like a huge I have to do a huge amount of physio and a lot of exercise as well just to clear it and then I have to take lots of um inhalers uh lots of inhaled medication tablets it's the whole kick the boodle so it's it's basically like a full-time job um on top of a job I already do. So yeah, I mean, I try and, you know, have a normal life. This is basically, it basically is part of my routine now. I don't really think of it as <clears throat> anything different, but it, it can get really annoying. And, but you have to sort of think, you know, if I don't do this, I will not, I'll end up in hospital. It can go from you being really well to then suddenly, you're in hospital and it can be really quick. So it's just trying to make sure you kind of keep on top of everything, making sure you have a plan. 
I mean, I'm not very good with plans. I'm a little bit kind of disorganized, but I try my best. Um, but yeah, it's just, it's not only that, but it's keeping a positive mindset that you, you know, if you do this, you can then go and ride the horse, enjoy seeing your friends and, you know, it'll be okay. Cool. Okay. Wow. So, I mean, that's quite some condition, isn't it? That's not just something you can take a few pills for. That's, that's like you oh, said. No, no. I mean, job. there's like other bits and bobs on top of the CF, like you could get CF related arthritis. I have cystic fibrosis related diabetes. So that was another thing I found out a couple of years ago. Um, because when your blood sugar is quite high, that's where all the bacteria like to form. So if you're nice and sugary, um, you'll have lots of bacteria and fungus forming and it's not, it's, it's basically a party for them in there. Um, so I control it using insulin and trying not to eat so much sugary food, which is difficult because our diet consists, uh, it has to be very calorific. So, I mean, it's a fun diet. I can literally just go and eat three hamburgers for breakfast, lunch and dinner. <laughs> so I try not to do that. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's, it is a bit, it is full on. It's not just the CF. I mean, there's loads of other things related to it that other people have. I'm very fortunate. I only have the diabetes as well, but it's, it's a full package, I have to say. Okay. So you've obviously, you don't know any different then, presumably if you've had that since you were a child, that's just kind of always been your lifestyle, has it not? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So tell us then about the horse element of it, because, okay, so it's not something <clears> you sort of found because of this, is it? It's something that's always, you've always loved. Yeah. I mean, I, my sister and I love riding. We loved horses. And then it was kind of when we were, oh gosh, that was, that was about 10 years ago, maybe 11 years ago, we sort of started to kind of, we were around a lot of friends who had ponies and um, we were like, oh yeah, we want a pony. And actually it was um, my sister who really wanted the pony. She was desperate for it. I was kind of like, yeah, I'll kind of join, you know, it sounds fun. And then when we got our first pony, we had to share it. Um, that was sort of the first kind of, oh dear, how's this going to work? Because we both wanted to ride the pony. Poor pony was like, oh God, I've got two people wanting to ride me. Um, it was mainly my sister who was always riding and I was kind of like, do I get to ride? Oh, all right. Um, and then my mum was like, right, this isn't going to work. So um, we were very fortunate we could, um, we got another one. So I, <clears throat> it was hard because we didn't really think a lot about it. But when I was um, at the age of sort of, we were find, trying to find another one, we were asking the doctors like, oh, well, we're going to, you know, find one for Amy. And they were like, oh, well, she can't do all this mucking out. You know, she, she needs to make sure the horse is clean. Everything is clean. And we were like, oh, OK, why is this? So the mucking out and being in dusty environments is not great for people with CF. It's like the one thing you shouldn't be near <laughs> um, because <clears throat> I guess with, with any animal, um, there's a lot of bacteria and fungus growing pretty much where they live. I mean, it's not their fault, but it's it's there, um, especially in their poo. So mucking out the horse was a definite no-no. So we had to obviously try and find 
we were obviously like, well, we, she needs to be, it needs to be on full livery. We can't have DIY livery. Um, which for me, I was like, oh, that's fine. I don't have to muck out. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, so it was, it was just trying to find kind of how we could, how it could work without me getting ill. So we were, the, the dogs were very encouraging. Um, they were always oh, actually very good cardio, you know, riding the horse, especially for Amy. You just need to make sure you don't then go into the stable and, you know, spend lots of time there, especially if they've done their business there. Uh, even just, the, you know, clean, a clean stable, there's all sorts of, you know, bacteria, dust, particles and whatever. So I try not to stay in the stable at all. If I am, I'm there for like two minutes, if that. Just literally put the horse in or put the head collar on and leave and that's it <clears throat> so your uh, team must be quite important then surely so this isn't something you could just kind of do on your own for you then oh no like so now i have to keep the horse on full livery or part livery um something to that allows me to kind of i still ride the horse and you know i groom them and you know take care of the tack and whatnot um but yeah, I sort of have, when I, if I look for a yard, I need to make sure the yard is really open. And I have, you know, I've explained to the yard manager, you know, I've got cystic fibrosis. I need to make sure that this happens and, you know, I'm not in the stable and blah, 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 blah. And they are so amazing, these people who um, look after my horses that I just, I have no words for how grateful I am, especially in this time when the coronavirus happened, um, because I keep them in two separate yards, which are literally next door-ish to each other, just because one didn't have space and <clears throat> the other one had space. I thought, well, they're only two minutes apart. Um, but they looked after them amazingly, and I just am so grateful for them. They understand like the real importance of you know keeping everything clean, everything trying to keep everything dust free. Um, but my my trainer, Melissa, Melissa Smith is fantastic. She knows, you know, when I'm struggling, I need, obviously I need to have quite a few rest breaks. Um, so she'll make sure I have rest breaks. And it's, they're, they're all just fantastic people. And I would really struggle if I didn't have, didn't have a team like that, because, I mean, I, I know some people who could do it on their own with CF, but when you have CF, you really need some, you need, you need help. It's, I mean, it, it's hard because you kind of feel like, oh, you know, I can, I should do this on my own. I should be able to do this. But when you've got, you know, a condition that's easily, you know, compromised by viruses or anything else, and you know you're literally left on the floor in hospital you you know you wouldn't have anyone to look after the horse but <clears throat> i'm so thankful i've got my the yard team my friends my family you know been bending over backwards to help me and support me with the horses and in life in general and i'm so thankful for that so what is it, I mean, obvious question to horsey people here, but what is it about horses that means that you, you do sort of put your health at risk, I suppose, really by being around them and, and doing things with them? What is it that means that you mm. do that? Well, I, I don't know, because I wasn't sort of, at the beginning, I wasn't kind of like 
mad, mad, horsey, mad. Um, you know, I was sort of into anything and all that, but only sort of having the horse, you learn to kind of, <clears throat> I, don't, I don't know, it's just, you feel like they are part of your family. And to be honest, I would do anything for these horses. They, they allow me to kind of experience normal life. Like I can go and hack with my friends and, you know, you just forget all about cystic fibrosis. I mean, sometimes if you're like, well, I feel a bit breathless, but you can still kind of, you know, wander around, just have fun. It's, it's just so relaxing. And they've, they've done me so much. And, um, you know, when I'm in hospital, I'll have sort of pictures of them on my, um, on my windowsill. And it sort of make it motivates me to go, right, if I need to get back in the saddle, I need to work hard to get all this stuff out and get back out there. So they're sort of the great motivators of life, really. <laughs> I find them really good um, therapists as well. You know, if you're feeling really down or whatever, just, you know, give them a cuddle. And both of mine are really, are really understanding because a couple of years ago, my, um, my friend who um, I never met, but I met over uh, Facebook, and we chatted for many years, passed away, uh, oh gosh, that was in two years ago, nearly at Christmas, and I was just heartbroken, and I was so upset, because I just started a new job, and I was literally just like a mess, really, and I remember I was a hand-walking floor in my big one, and I think I sort of just stopped at one point, and just broke down in tears and I kid you not I know this sounds a bit cheesy but this generally happened she was behind me and then she walked around me and I thought oh she's gonna let me walk off now when I'm in tears um and she turned around and just put her head here and just pulled me close and I was sort of like oh is this what they call a hug oh my gosh and then I just hugged her and it was generally the most magical moments I've had with her because she's so she is really caring even though she's a, she's a little bit quirky but she she definitely knows when you're upset and my younger one Benji he's he's a bit of a mummy's boy so he's he was generally just like oh mummy oh but it's it's lovely to have you know animals that you know they do generally I think they do care for you as you care for them yeah, absolutely. So tell us a little bit about your two lovely ponies then. So I've had Flora, my big mare, for about four years. And I was looking, when I first, I was looking for a dressage horse after I loaned a um, a previous trainer's horse. And they moved away, sadly, so we couldn't follow them. But um, I was hoping to get a very a small little gelding who knew kind of you know what to do and all that um and I was like oh look there's loads of adverts and we went to see quite a few and some of them weren't as, ex as you know as explained in the advert and other others were too big when we got there and we went to a few dealers uh dressage dealers and they had very nice horses but they just sort of some of them weren't and some of them were as we were I was like oh I just and there actually there were not a lot at the time in um in the UK. So we were kind of like, 
we, I think we saw about four or five and then just nothing after that. So that was sort of, that was in 2015, I think. Um, so we were looking kind of like November, Christmas, January, and just, there was just nothing available. So we ended up having to, um, we ended up going with uh, Rebecca Hughes to uh, Holland, <clears throat> which was quite an interesting experience. I've never gone on holiday just to try horses. Um, so we had, so literally, as soon as we got off the plane, bam, in the van, driving to the first horse, and uh, I tried 10 horses. Flora was the last one. And she was the tiniest little thing I've ever seen. And she was uh, just huddled in her stable. Um, and I was like, oh, she's so cute. Um, but we were like, so what, what, she is a mare. We wanted a gelding though. Um, and they're like, oh yeah, but she's also five, but she'll learn. And I was like, okay well at least she's the correct height and she was amazing to ride I mean I didn't know how to ride the Dutch way so um but she was just amazing and I was just like oh my god her canter was enormous I remember just kind of going like oh just canter away with me this is amazing so she passed her vetting we chose her um after a lot of thinking so I thought well you know I've had quite a few years with the other one he was older he taught me quite a lot and you know Melissa could help me bring her on you know I'm sure you know it'll be a fun experience so it's um it's been quite a long process um a lot she's she's very she's quite quirky in her own own way <laughs> um but she then when we got her home she grew from 16 hands to about 17, 17 one possibly. And yeah, so people were like, oh my God, what are you sitting on? Um, but I've competed her from novice all the way to, we did our first medium last year, uh, which was a huge goal of mine. Um, and it was amazing. It was a fantastic feeling. And then it sort of encouraged me to buy uh, another one. Well, I decided to buy a Connemara because <clears throat> my first pony was a Connemara and they were just so easy and I didn't look very long for him and I think I tried about four and I came across Benji's ad and I was like oh well this one's quite nice it is a grey though but you know I'm sure I'm sure we'll be fine and I tried him and I was like oh my god this is like the most lovely little guy I've ever seen. And he was, he was very head shy back then. Um, I think they were, they were, most of them were quite head shy when I tried them, but I think that's just how they are sometimes when they come over from Ireland. But I generally felt really like for the first time since trying them, really safe on him. And that was sort of the thing I need, needed when I was looking for the horse. I had to sort of be mindful of my CF and go, well, I need something small. So if I did have a tumble, I wouldn't be tumbling from, you know, Mount Everest. Um, <clears throat> but also it needed to be something that, you know, I could put in the field for a couple of weeks if I was unwell um, or everyone else could just pop on a ride if I need to go to hospital. 
and it needed to be something I trusted. I mean, obviously you can't put your full trust in the horse, but I generally sat on him when I literally could just put my grandma on him. He is, he just feels really safe. And it's taken, it's taken quite a few years because he's, he was quite unconfident when I got him. I mean, in, in <clears throat> hacking, he was just like, yeah, okay, I'll plod along. Traffic goes by and he's like, I don't care. Um, but he was just very unconfident in himself. So it was really good to kind of, I guess in a way, get him because we did loads of work on just relaxing and we did a lot of work on breathing, which actually is quite, it's good for me because, you know, working on the breathing, um, it's good for the chest. So we would do um, just, I would take him into the school sometimes and we would just walk and do a bit of lunging and then we would just stop and just breathe just take a few minutes of breath control and carry on because he was sort of, he'd obviously never done all this stuff and would just panic. Um, that was what he used to do, just like full blown kind of ah! panic attack. Um, and, but he's so confident now, he's matured so much. And we've been doing a lot of um, Claire Gallimore work and doing that, he's just relaxed so much. Um, but also do we do a lot of constant sort of relaxing breathing because sometimes he he will get himself in a bit of a pickle and just kind of go oh, what's happening i'm like it's all right it's all right you breathe <laughs> um but i'm hoping to do uh well i was hoping to do more competing this year but obviously that's now out the window <laughs> um but we do just a bit of everything we did uh, we did our first ODEs, ODEs, yeah, one day events last year, um, which was a huge thing for me because I last competed in ODE, which was about five, six years ago. Um, and it's quite a full on process because you not only have to do the dressage, but the show jumping and cross country. And my worry was that would I have enough puff to get round at all the courses? Um, so I had my love, my amazing mother and sister on guard with Ventolin, water bottles, extra Ventolin in case the one didn't work. Um, so as soon as I sort of went, I remember my mother sort of thing said, oh, my goodness, there she goes. Will she make it back? Oh, God. Um, and then when, as soon as I came back, I galloped through thinking, oh, my God, I've done it. I've done it. And I had to jump off the horse immediately. And mum was like, Rick, Ventolin. Ventolin, water, water. Uh, it was it was amazing. And I did the Coomlands one last year and then Tweezledown, I think a month later, um, which was a massive step up for both of us. And we were a bit like, oh, you're we a bit to start kind of a bit of stage fright because <laughs> the course was just so technical. Um, and unfortunately, sometimes when I'm jumping, I hold my breath which doesn't help anyone, especially me. So sometimes I'll sort of finish the course and be like, oh, oh God. Oh. And my mum's like, have you remembered, did you hold your breath again? I'm like, yes, yes, I did. 
dang it. <laughs> That's so common, though, that people do hold their breath. And this is the bit that really fascinates me then. So we can see how you could maybe do dressage and bits and pieces. Not saying that they don't become cardio. My word, they certainly do. And if you ever have a lesson with my trainer, you'll know about it. But, um, you know, when we think about certainly cross country or show jumping, where your adrenaline's up that little bit more. And so your sort of breath does tend to be shallower and things. How does that kind of work with you with cystic fibrosis <clears throat> and lung function and things like that? So with the cross country and show jumping, I try to kind of keep the keep a constant breathing rhythm. So if we're kind of can if we're gan, uh, galloping, sorry, I sort of go okay. Just because, I mean, I have had it. I think it was last year on the Tweezel Down where I started a good rhythm, and then we kind of got round to where it goes up the hill towards the water. And he spooked at something. So that just the rhythm was out of focus. And because the adrenaline is up, it makes you breathe so much faster. So I had to make sure I was sort of like panicking to kind of go, I'm gonna stay on the track and just get back into the rhythm, get back into the rhythm. But of course, that is quite hard because you've kind of lost it and the adrenaline is so is pumping so much that you're breathe. So I had to sort of breathe <clears throat> quite deep try and get back into it but um the and the cross country takes longer so it is I have to work quite hard I think do really really good physio the night before and on the day just to try and clear as much as I can and then sometimes I'll do it kind of throughout the day just to kind of clear even more so that there's no like no blockage or anything that comes up during the the round um <clears throat> But yeah, it's, it is really important to test lung function and that's a main kind of unit of measurement for us. So we test it kind of every, every month or so I go to clinic. It's not one of my favorite um, testing equipments, to be honest. I've, I get so panicked about that. I just, it's, it's a build up and then doing it. I'm just like, no, I don't wanna do it, don't wanna do it. Oh my God. Oh, oh. And I just have it in my head. I'm like, no, I don't want to do it at all. It frightens me. <clears throat> and I've had it. So I think it was a couple. I don't do it much anymore. But I used to get so panicked that I would um, throw up, which is not nice. But that just shows how panicked I would get. And I remember the nurse was like, do you want a sick bowl this time? I'm like, yes, just in case. You may as well put it down. Um, but I've had, there is a, at my clinic, we're very fortunate to have a psychologist. So I've worked quite a lot with her to try and um, find out why it's frightening, you know, what tools I can use in here to kind of, you know, de-stress and uh, make sure I'm not as worried. And it's kind of the, the mental mindset going, it is what it is. You can't make it any better. You, you know, you blow out, it may be a bit horror, it may not be very good, or it may be absolutely fine. You don't know. And I think because some you kind of get that feeling that if it's not good, you're going to go straight into hospital. But you have to sort of also think like the doctors are here to help. They're not here to, you know, be horrible. You know, they're, they're doing their job. And then obviously they're not going to be like, well, you need IVs right now kind of thing they'll look into different options and go well let's try a tablet or let's try this 
or if it's really bad they go well we should we think you should really have it um <clears throat> but yeah it's um it is it is challenging i have to say the lung function bit and so you've talked about physio and things um tell us about a normal day for you with riding in it what would a what would a normal day be like for you to to sort of stay on top of it and and do something and be able to function so a normal day for me is um I get up, have to go and take an inhaled medication called DNAs. So that um, helps the sort of mucus detach from the lungs. So you can easily uh, cough it up. And then I would have to wait an hour or I think it's half an hour with that one. Yeah. And um, then I would have to do physio, which involves um, a machine called a cough assist. So that kind of forces um, <clears throat> positive uh, pressure in, or positive air, sorry, into your lungs. And it also vibrates as well. So I, it has a very, very long tube and I lie on the bed and I sort of breathe it in. I literally, it literally feels like someone's going <clears throat> with my lungs. Um, so I do that about eight times, so eight breaths. And then you have the, um, I've actually got a demonstration. And then use this lovely tool, um, which is sort of the same thing, but it's obviously there's no air being forced in. So it's your breath and it um, vibrates. So it goes. I don't know if you could hear that, but that's the sort of vibrating mechanism. So that kind of helps to uh, get more more stuff up vibrating the chest and then there's the glorious task of uh, coughing it all up <laughs> um, into the bin or the tissue and then repeating it about uh, four times on one side and then switching over to the other side four times on that side and then once that's done I try and do um, an exercise uh, I mean at the moment I'm trying to either do uh, Joe Wicks or my CF uh, exercise physio man has uh, very kindly does live sessions for us so um, I try and do that and that sort of really helps to move much more and it also gets you fit <laughs> um, and then I try and obviously then have breakfast and whatnot because you have to obviously check your blood sugars as well another thing um, because exercise and physio lowers the blood uh, lowers the blood sugar so I have to make sure that that's fine before I leave the house and then I'll leave the house and do the horses um, at the moment I'm only riding uh, one horse just because we're just trying to make sure the coronavirus doesn't get worse so it's sort of just seeing how that goes um, so with riding it's kind of I have to sort of see how I feel on the day I do sort of make plans for the week and go, OK, we're going to go do this, this, this day and this, this day and blah, blah, blah. But it's, it's generally a how you feel on the day. So if I'm feeling still quite full in my chest, I will try and do um, not I try and uh, won't do something that's so kind of really cardio because it, it does it does make me struggle a bit. So I'll either do something on the ground, like we'll do groundwork or a lunge or something or go for a walk hack or if I'm feeling really good I'll just sort of 
carry on as ever, do schooling. Um, with the sort of riding, I don't, I think I sort of, with the schooling, definitely, I don't kind of go like, well, we're going to do an hour session or 45 minute session and that's it. I sort of do it based on him and also me. If I'm feeling a bit more, if I'm feeling a bit more tired, we won't do a huge session. If he's feeling tired, we won't do, I think we'll do about 15, 20 minutes, um, which is, you know, it's probably enough for him. We'll work on what we can. Uh, if I feel really good, we'll just sort of maybe do half an hour, 45 minutes, if that. Um, but yeah, it's definitely listening to your body. Uh, the weather also plays a big part in it as well. If it's too hot, uh, can't ride because CFers sweat 25% more than everyone else. So if we're sitting in a room and it's quite hot, I will just be a puddle on the floor because it's so, it is just too hot. And if it's too cold, that means that you can pick up bugs really easily. You'll feel ill really easily. So, I mean, I used to be, when I was much younger, just like, oh yeah, I'll ride in the rain, I'll ride in the snow, whatever. Now I'm like, no, because that will make me ill. So it's sort of trying to, it's a hard balance to try, kind of um, be able to ride when it's not raining. And blah, So I try and ride, if, if it is raining, I'll try and ride if it's a bit, if it's just spitting, um, but I'll just like put coats, jumpers, all sorts on me so that I'm kept warm. Um, but if it's sort of, I have, I can only ride when it's kind of like 20, 22 degrees and that's the limit. Um, because anymore, I just, it's just, it's too much for me. Um, so yeah, that's another sort of aspect that affects the riding. Um, yeah. So you've got to be like, so what I'm hearing here is you've got to be really disciplined. Um, you've got to really understand why it is you've got to do stuff. So you've always got the bigger picture in mind, but you're able to translate that to the little things you have to do each day. Uh, you understand the consequence of if you do do them or if you don't do them. You've got to be super flexible in your riding as to whatever the environment is. This is all like top competition rider mindset stuff. Like this really is. Um, and so when it comes to your kind of your riding goals and things as well, then, I mean, where are you at with those? Do you set them? Do you not? Are you just enjoying it? What, where are you kind of at with goals? Because as you, you have to be super flexible, don't you? Mm. Um, <clears throat> well, my goal when I was very young was always like, I'm going to be the first person with CF to ride the Olympics. Um, I really wish that could happen. I think obviously as I've got older, I'm like, it's not gonna happen. Um, I'm not quite there yet. Uh, I think I've kind of made goals sort of based on each horse. So with Flora, I was always like, we need to get to Grand Prix, we need to get there. And I've kind of gone like, well, actually, I think if we can get, I want to actually get to medium. Um, because actually from medium you have to do a lot of sitting trot which is great physio but also it's uh it's exhausting especially on flora because she's so huge and I think once we got to medium I was like oh my god I've achieved it finally um because it's it's taking a bit a bit longer than we thought um just because either I was ill or flora's been off and all that um so I'm hoping we can you know, maybe we get to advance, advance with her. Um, maybe tails. Would tails be a thing? Yeah. You know, so many people want tails, don't they? 
try and get the hat and uh, top hat and tails out. I look a bit like a weirdo on that. <laughs> um, with Benji, it's kind of just like trying to, um, I don't know really, it's, I think just like have fun with him, but also try and um, sort of try and just do as much as we can. I'm hoping to maybe, maybe, maybe in the future do some B with him if I can afford it, um, or BD. I'd like to, my aim for him, definitely one aim, is to uh, qualify for the pet plan with him. I'll have to look into that because I don't know what my uh, BD points are and if I can do that with him. But um, I'd like to try that because he's, he's pretty good at his little, his little dressage. Um, so for all I need to look out. Um, but definitely to do a lot more uh, like eventing with him because he's, he's really good at that. He loves his jumping, loves his cross country um, and just sort of ex just do new experiences. Like I try, I've tried, we've kind of accomplished quite a, a lot of small goals. I never thought I'd do. Like I did, uh, we tried Western on him. Uh, we tried Trek. I was like, oh, that's new. Um, <clears throat> and then obviously we did our ODEs, one day eventing, which I never thought we would, uh, I'd ever do again. Um, so it, it is nice. It is nice to have those, those goals. And how do you stay motivated then? Because I could quite easily see how it'd be easy just to kind of go, oh, you know what, this is really hard work. Um, you know, it's it, all the risks that you said come with riding um, and things like that. How do you stay motivated and driven to do what you do? And you don't, you, you, you know, you don't just go, not that there's anything wrong with hacking. Of course, it's fine to just say, oh, I'll, I'll hack. Um, but you don't do that, do you? You're looking to, you know, one day event and British dressage and all these kind of things. So what is it that, that makes you stay motivated to do that then, even with so much adversity? I think we, I was sort of speaking with a friend about this when I did an interview uh, for CF Month and it was, we're, very, we're generally quite positive. I think because we we know that we have our limitations and we know kind of, where our CF could lead. Um, so I think it's, we're just kind of, I'm very much like, I know exactly, you know, I could end up having a transplant or, you know, I could end up somewhere else. Um, it's just, just generally enjoy life, you know, enjoy life now, um, you know, make as many friends as possible and just be happy. You know, yes, you have to do these annoying, annoying things but you know it doesn't stop you from then enjoying the rest of the day I think if you sort of focus negatively on oh I've got CF oh the world is ending oh who for me like it doesn't get you anywhere and actually makes you feel worse so if you can you know if you want to sort of um, be well you have to sort of look at it on positive terms and you know kind of go yes I know I've got this horrible condition but I'm not letting that stop me from enjoying myself and being with my friends and family. So it sounds like it makes no difference whether you've got a condition or not then if you focus on the positives and actually everyone's got adversity in some way or another and it's all relative isn't it you know it's mm. all relative you, you've never known anything else this has just always been life whereas other people there's other things that come and go that but if you focus on the negative and you just look for the fun and the enjoyment and things and that keeps you motivated to go forward. 
So you mentioned CF Month. So tell us a little bit more about what that's about. So CF Month is uh, May, which is the whole month, which is the basically the whole month. Um, and the CF Trust uh, does quite a lot of promotion of awareness of it. And they do encourage us to kind of, you know, do a lot more fundraising and spread awareness of our condition. Um, so, yeah, it's uh, this year... I thought it was very important to try and, you know, um, spread more awareness because of COVID as to why we're the more susceptible people, you know, to get this virus. And if we got it, then, you know, we would be extremely ill. Um, so throughout the month, or the last sort of week of month, the month, I um, got together three ladies who, two of them I had, uh, only met through well I've met them all through um, like social media so the thing with CF is that we cannot be we can never meet we can't be within a few feet of each other because the risk of cross infection um, so you know we are basically socially distancing from each other for life so we have to remain like at least four meters away if that um, so I'd never met these ladies in person and I interviewed them to, you know, to show that there are different forms of CF and how differently people cope with the CF and, um, you know, all about, and it was excellent. We focused on exercise, fat, raising a family and of course, transplants and horses. And it was amazing to kind of meet them all in um in the flesh really i was sort of like oh, is this what others look like Mad blimey <laughs> um but yeah i mean that was a great success and it was just to kind of show people like you know there's more there's a bit more to cf than just oh it's crappy lungs and that's it um and then there's also cf week which is uh starting from the 15th of june all the way to the 21st, I think. Um, so we're hoping to do uh, something very special in that week, or the beginning of the week, um, which I can't reveal just yet. It's um, It will be on my Instagram page, um, but I'm very, really excited for it. So that's another, uh, another week to just show more awareness and support of it. And in that week, we all wear yellow as that's the colour of CF. So yeah, it's when we all try and do as much fundraising and um, awareness as we can to show our support for it. Cool. So if people want to sort of support it and things, how how can they how can they do that? Mm. So I would suggest going to uh, the CF Trust Facebook page or their Instagram page, and they have a ton of information about what CF is, how we deal with it, um, other ways you can support it. And it is chock-a-block full of information. And they are always happy to help. They're always on the la you know, on the phone if you need to speak to them about anything. Um, I mean, there's loads of like other, um, I was just also looking at different CF sufferers on Instagram or Facebook. If you search for them, they're everywhere. <laughs> um, and they're fantastic to follow. I would uh, recommend uh, my good friends, uh, Nim, 
who I who, who I met recently face to face for the first time, and uh, Moella Foster, who I also met for the first time. Uh, I've spoke to them. I think I spoke. has been to Moella for about five five six years on uh, sorry Facebook. Uh, Nim for about a year. Uh, the fantastic ladies definitely follow them. Uh, Moena has had a transplant, but she went to uh, badminton grassroots championships, which was unbelievable. Uh, and then also Sophie Grace Holmes, who is a an, a massive inspiration to all CF. I mean, that's the thing. We all look like we don't have it, but we do have it. And she is an exercise fanatic. So definitely go and follow her. And there's, and they, yeah, there's just loads of us all around. You know, we have, they do a lot of, uh, some of them do vlogging, some of them do all sorts of things. So yeah, definitely go and show your support to them on their Instagram page or Facebook page, um, as well as the CF Trust on their website as well. Cool. Okay, so we want to look out on your Instagram from the 15th or before, because I'm sure you'll tell us about some bits before. What's your Instagram, Amy? Uh, It's AM Dressage. AM Dressage. And obviously your Facebook page we've tagged as well, which is Amy Morris Dressage and Eventing. Is that right? Or is it AM? Yeah, I think it's AM. I I probably should change the name because it's quite quite long. Um, I just wanted to combine both my uh, dressage and eventing and thought, thought, long um but it's am dressage and eventing cool okay so if anyone wants to get a hold of you or ask <laughs> you any questions or anything they can do it through there yeah definitely super and is there anything you wanted to say or cover before we kind of wrap up for today um i think you know this it, it to, to all those people it's not the condition is life limiting but that doesn't mean that it's the end you always need to um focus on yourself and the future don't let this ever hold you back because if you if you do it will and you won't be able to enjoy you know all the love and kindness and things out there so definitely definitely um just think positive that's sort of what I you know I do that every day even if I'm feeling a bit kind of like not feeling great today always find something positive to think about or go and speak to someone that's what I've sort of learned what to do if I'm feeling a bit anxious or a bit sand pressed I'll go and you know speak to my mum or speak to my sister or just speak to a friend um, because you know they understand what you're going through and they're here to help that's amazing thank you and I think you know yeah absolutely CF is a like you say a life-limiting disease it's something that needs to be taken seriously but there's also lots of other things in life that people find difficult and, and it's the same it's it's that idea of find something positive reach out speak to someone I mean the dream it do it love it lounge that this is currently live in is a place where people can ask questions about anything to do with mindset or anything to do with riding really and people post all sorts of stuff in there and that's a place where people can ask questions about riding or just mental health generally and things as well and so I think what's been amazing chatting to you Amy is that you've shown that even with something that you know has implications proper implications on your life you know that your morning routine is like people talk about morning routines I've never heard of one quite like that um um, you know, I think 
even with that and what have you, you you've shown that you can stay positive you can focus on things you can find the motivation to do stuff and that actually that's what life's about isn't it you you make that choice as to what you focus on because whatever you focus on grows so thank you so much amy it's been absolutely lovely to hear what you have to say and hear your fascinating journey and story about your lovely ponies oh, um, very much. i hope i can entertain as well as uh teach <laughs> It's been very, very interesting. So thank you ever so much. And this will obviously be the, um, on the Facebook page and on the podcast as well. So we'll let you know when that's available. So thanks very much, guys. And we'll speak to you soon. Bye. And I hope you enjoyed this podcast as much as I did. If you want to listen to more of them, then please do follow us in Apple, in Google and on Podbean. Hack Your Mindset with Jenny is the name of this podcast. So please do subscribe, follow us. And we look forward to you listening into our next one. Bye everyone. You got this, you know you're gonna rock this.